not very long, so I just want to share like straight from my heart to you. There's a song that a guy named Sean McDonald sings. Anybody heard of Sean McDonald? He's a great singer and he's one of my favourites. And he sings this song and these are the lyrics. It says, Would you open up my eyes so I can see? Would you open up my ears so I can hear? Would you open up my mind so I can know? Would you open up my heart so I can love you more? I want to serve you, my God. I want to give you everything. You know, these, the, songs, these, the lyrics of that song actually come from a scripture and it's in Acts 28:26. And it says this, Go to this people and say, You will be ever hearing but never understanding. You will be ever seeing but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts and turn and I would heal them. God desperately wants us to hear him. He desperately wants us to see him. And he desperately wants us to open our hearts to him, to understand him, understand what he is saying, understand what he is feeling, and understand what he is doing. He so passionately wants to come close to us so that we hear, see, feel, and understand him. And the first thing this scripture says is this. Just turn that down on the stage, please, the fallback. The first thing the scripture says is this. They will be ever hearing but not understanding. How many sermons have we sat in and we've heard the word? We've heard it and we've heard it and we've heard it. Some of us have been Christians for many, many, many years. Some of us only a short time, but we've all sat in sermons and heard the word. But do we really hear? Do we really understand? Do we really let that word actually go into our hearts? The Bible says don't just be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. And are we really hearing? It says they will be ever hearing, but not understanding. Sometimes you can hear things at a level that you want to hear it. You know, we, 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 we preach with great passion in this church. Amen. And you receive it with great passion. But how you actually assimilate that into yourself depends on how much passion you actually want to outwork that word with. So we hear it, but we, do we really hear it? We hear words, but do we really hear it? Do we really take it in? Does it really make a difference? Are we really hearing the heartbeat of God? Are we really hearing the voice of God when we hear the words? Or are we just hearing the words of man or the the words of a woman in my case? But do we hear God? Because when we speak the word of God, you should be hearing the voice of God. Not the voice of a man or the voice of a woman, but it should be as if God himself was speaking to you. 
because his word is alive and active. It lives. His word lives. And whatever vessel he uses to speak that word through, as long as that vessel is open to God, that word should come from the throne of God through that vessel to you, into your heart, as if God himself was speaking. Would you open up our ears that we would hear, not just words, not just sermons, but actually hear the voice of God, as if God himself was speaking to you. If God himself was standing here right now, you would sit up and you would listen and you would take it in. It would be such, a, such an encounter for you. It would be just so awesome. It would be so amazing that you would just take in every word and listen to every word. And this is what reverence we have to treat the house of God and the word of God with. This is God's house. And when you come into this house, you don't just sit on a white plastic seat, hear some, sing some nice songs, hear some nice words and go home unchanged. Because if that's what it's like, let's just shut it down now. But this is the house of the living God. And when you come in here, you hear the living word. And the living word goes into your heart and changes you into the image of the Most High God. Every time you hear it. Amen. If you really hear his voice, would you open up our ears that we might hear you, God? This is not a game. This is not just a nice club to belong to. This is a place where eternal decisions are made. Eternal life is weighed in the balance in this house. Every Sunday, the leadership of this church the core of this church, the people that pray for this church and believe for this church, know that lives are held in the balance every week. We have one more week, God. We have one day. What can we do with it? We have a Friday night, a Thursday night when Yaz is on, and we have a Sunday, and we have connect groups during the week. Every minute is invaluable. Every second that we can get the word of God into the hearts of people is the most precious thing. Amen. And every time you walk through this house, you should be saying, God, what are you going to say to me today? How are you going to change me today? God, I've, I've given my ears to the world for a whole week. And just for an hour, just for a few hours, whatever it may be, if you come twice on a Sunday, praise the Lord the more you get. Right. Amen. Just for that few hours, God, I'm giving my ears to you. And I'm not just going to sit here and shut off, but I'm going to open my ears to hear you. Amen. Right here is decisions where, where people are making decisions about heaven and hell. And Phil said, I've been watching these, these, these show on Foxtel. You know, and it's called... Um, what does it say? Anyway, it's about dying and survive. I survived beyond and back, it's called. I survived beyond and back. And it's, it's, it wakes you up, I tell you. It wakes you up to realise how precious this is that we have. How amazing this is what we have. Amen. And this one, one guy, 
He'd been shot through, through the head and he's just, you know, he died instantly. And he's straight away, he's in this black room, he's in this huge black cave-like place filled with darkness, evil encroaching in around him. He's got, he's got fetters on his arms and fetters on his legs and he's chained over a pit, naked, and he looks down and it's like there's lava underneath him and it's coming up and it's burning his flesh but it's not being consumed. And he's screaming in agony, he's being tormented and he feels he has no memory of his life, he has no memory of his friends, his wife, his children, no memory of anything. All he knows is that he's here and he knows it's forever. And he's hearing the screams of all these people screaming, screaming, screaming at him. And and he doesn't know where it's coming from and there seems no end to the suffering. And then evil starts to push on him from every side and he feels like he's being consumed by evil. And then he looks up this big black ceiling, something like this roof but all black, and he starts to see something trying to poke through the roof. And as he's looking up, he sees that what's poking through this ceiling is a finger and it's white and it's bright and there's light coming from this finger and he's just looking towards it in amazement and then this hand pushes through this ceiling, a whole hand and the hand starts to come towards him and he looks at this hand and he realises this hand has been around forever. This hand has been around forever. And the hand's coming towards him and as the hand's coming towards him, he hears this voice and he said, it was like thunder, it was like lightning, it was like the sound of a thousand waters coming towards me. And this voice says, it's not your time yet. And as the ceiling opens up, he hears this singing and he sees light and the hand grabs him by the stomach and pulls him like that and he comes back into his body, he's alive. Now that guy's got to think about that. He said, what, they asked him, this isn't a Christian show by the way, this is just what kind of experience did you have when you died and came back? And this guy said, they asked him, what, what did that do for you? And he goes, well I, I, I know there's a heaven and I know there's a hell and I know which one I'm going to next time I die. <laughs> Amen. And I hope someone said, well you've got to believe in Jesus or you're not going there buddy. I hope somebody has the word for him and he would listen to it. And I hope someone was in church and they heard the word and they went out and they spoke the word to that man. Amen? Because good works isn't going to get him there. Being a good person isn't going to get him. It's only by the name of Jesus Christ that he'll get there. Amen? And then this other woman, you know, she, she, she's in a car accident. car turns up on top of her and she, her lungs get crushed and she drowns in her own blood. Oof, it's all gory anyway. They go into all the detail of that. I don't like that part, but I like this part. Then she's like dead. So these people are like dead 10, 15 minutes. I'm not talking about a second. They're dead like 10, 15 minutes. So by that time your brain should be dead. But anyway, somehow they come back and they're talking. And she's like dead, this woman, upside down in her car. And she immediately walks into this room that's filled with gold. And she sees all this this gold colour all around her. And then, then the next thing she says... 
It was like I dove through the gold and then I'm this filled with magenta. Then I dove through the magenta and it's just filled with this other colour. Then I dove through that and it's just another colour. And all these colours that I'd never seen and this feeling of incredible peace and love and joy. And I'd never felt so whole and I'd never felt so wonderful. I'd never felt so perfect. I felt perfect. I felt like I was complete and perfect and I never, ever, ever wanted to go back to anything else. I remember everything about my life and then I saw my life flash before me in all these pictures and all this right before me, all the things that I'd done and all the things that you know, I was proud of in my life and, and I saw myself praying and I saw myself on my knees and I saw myself worshipping God and all that sort of stuff. And she said, and then I just came right through this and then, and then, I, and then she started to cry and then I realised where I was. And she said, I was in the presence of God. I was in the presence of God. And she just begins to weep and she said, do you know what it feels like? to be in the presence of God when you don't really feel like you deserve to be there. But his grace was so beautiful to me. His grace. She's standing in the presence of God. And the Lord says to her, it's not your time. You have to go back. And she comes back into your body and she lives. Do people really have to go through experiences like that for them to find God? When we know, we know We know there's that side. We know there's another realm. If we would just enter into that realm and hear God, then we'd be able to walk and our words would have power because we'd been with God, we'd heard God and we'd begin to speak his words, amen, not our own words. If we could just hear his voice, if we could just hear the cries of the lost that he hears every day, then we would never again become complacent about church, about prayer, about reading our word, about witnessing. If we could hear the cries that were in hell that day that that man heard, then we would start to begin to say, God, I want to hear you. I want to hear you so desperately. I want to hear what you've got to say to mankind in this place. Amen. You know, there's a... There's a way that we can be in tune with hearing God, in tune with his kingdom. His kingdom has a language. He's given us a language. Amen. Just like when we're in tune with each other, we speak a language to one another to communicate and to come into tune with each other. When I want to get close to my husband, we'll sit down, we'll have deep D&Ms, just D&Ms. Because he speaks my language. You know what I mean? There's a language that's spoken in the kingdom of God. There's a native tongue that is spoken and God has given it to you that you can tune in and intimately speak through the Holy Spirit. It's the language of the Holy Spirit, amen. And I wonder, you know, on those little questionnaires on the census where it says, do do you speak another tongue? another language in your home I nearly put it down yes I do I do speak another language in my home hallelujah amen and I want to ask you today do you speak your native tongue at home do you speak your native tongue at home or do you only speak in English 
time to speak in our native tongue. It's time to get in touch with God. The next thing it says, they will be ever seeing but not perceiving. How many salvations have you seen? Have you seen that many salvations that when we call for the lost to come out that you just wonder what's for dinner? Hurry up because they're running 10 minutes over. How dare they go 10 minutes over in this service? Hurry up person, get saved. How many times when Pastor Phil or I or someone else is giving an altar call that you've seen it that many times that you just really don't even enter in and connect in and start praying. We're up here, we're crying out. Does anyone want to give their hearts to Jesus tonight? And you're just like, come on, hurry up. If you want to give your heart to Jesus, hurry up. Or are we really, are we seeing and perceiving what is happening right there in that moment as a body of Christ when a soul is called, when a soul is called, there is hell and there is heaven in the balance and there is a war over that life, amen. One life, one life, your one life was important for you. One life is important to God. And on Friday night when I preached at youth and we had four kids saved three first-time decisions. And I mean, so innocent. They were so innocent. Three kids stood there so innocent. Every one of those kids came up to me at the end of the night when they'd finished talking to everybody and respectfully wanted to say thank you to me. that young person will never have to face that hell that I just spoke of are we really perceiving when we see when you see someone being saved when you see someone come out on the altar and they might fall down and you go ooh I don't know if I like that but you don't even perceive what's happening inside that person as God does internal work and healing. I've seen people healed of sexual abuse for years where they were abused and beat and I see them there laying on the altar. You haven't got a clue what's going on. You see but you don't perceive. You say, oh, that person fell down. Oh, I'm offended by that. We shouldn't let people fall down in church anymore. Because, you know, the unbelievers will get offended. Listen, I don't give a rip about people being offended. When a person is laying on that floor and years of abuse are being taken from their lives by the power of the Holy Spirit as he does internal surgery, I will never stop that. Do we perceive, do we really perceive or is it just a trip, is it just a, a thing we do? You know, the Bible says that we see temporal but we don't see eternal. I want to see eternal. Do you want to see eternally? Do you want to see? 
Tonight, did you see the angel that was here? Yes, I see him. Yes, sir, I saw him. Standing right there. Boom. Right there. That's why I moved forward when I was worshipping God tonight. He was right there. I said, I want to get in that light. I just stood there like that and the light of that angel came all over me. And he's just smiling at me. He was about this big. I mean, that big from the floor. And he's just like, See? Do we see or do we perceive? They'll be ever seeing but not perceiving. Do you know there was angels in here tonight? This morning in the church service, if you were here in the church service this morning, I went to the back because I had my little grandson, cuddling my grandson. And I looked back on the congregation and I could only see two arms raised in the whole church and I began to weep because I could perceive God's heart being broken as his church couldn't be bothered worshipping him. They were too tired, they were whatever, wasn't having a bad hair day, the weather isn't right, whatever. God, we want to know you, amen. We want to be real. Ephesians 1.17 says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance to the saints and his incomparably great power. For us who believe, I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Amen. Why aren't our hearts enlightened? Why can we stand in a church service and not even lift our hands and worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and the Mighty God just because we're having a bad day? It's because our hearts have become callous. The very next thing in that scripture said, their hearts have become callous. And you know he was talking about when he spoke about they would be ever hearing, but they would be ever listening, but not hearing. They'd be ever seeing, but not perceiving. Their hearts had become callous. He was talking about the religious people of his day, who had gone to many temple temple days, many times to the temple, and they and they'd done all the stuff. They'd done all the stuff, but their hearts had become calloused. Amen. And we don't need that here. Don't let your heart become calloused. I pray tonight that as we open up the altar at the end of this, that your heart will become circumcised, amen, and your heart will become like a child again. You know, you've got to keep your heart sweet. You've got to keep your heart childlike. Don't let your heart become calloused. Sometimes our hearts can become callous because we want so much to see God do stuff. And I know myself, I prayed for years to see miracles, to see signs and wonders, to see God come. And you see little inklings of it. And then you get disappointed because God, God, what, we're doing everything right. Why aren't you coming? And then your heart starts to get callous. And then again, you come under the anointing of the Holy Spirit and he pours fresh oil on your heart. And you say, sorry, God, sorry, God, for putting expectations on you. I just want to serve you. I just want to be God. Touch my heart. Make my heart soft again. Don't let your heart get calloused. 
Don't let your heart get callous in the worship. You know, when people are up here, they're busting their guts to get you into the presence of God, pouring their hearts out. They've been here since, you know, an hour before the service, practicing, getting an anointing. They've been praying all afternoon. And then they get up here and they look around the congregation like, don't let your heart become callous. Worship God. Worship God. Worship God. Worship God. Worship God. And the last thing he says is this. If they will turn, I will heal them. Listen to that scripture again. Go to these people and say, you'll be ever hearing but never understanding. You'll be, you'll be ever seeing but never perceiving. For these people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears and they close their eyes. Otherwise they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts and turn and I would heal them. Amen. Listen to this scripture here. One day I'm, I'm standing in worship and I'm going to close with this. And I was just locked in my room just worshipping the Lord and I got down on my knees and I'm just worshipping God. And I don't share these things very often because they're very private to me. There's many encounters that I have with God that I don't share publicly because they're private. And this was one of those. And I'm there and I'm on my knees before God and the next minute I came out of my body and I was there, right there, on the throne, in the throne room of God and all the saints were worshipping I saw them all dressed in white and I'm actually there's a huge platform and the throne of God is there and Jesus is there and, and there's angels all around here and there's, there's, the, there's a great cloud of witnesses they're up on the platform worshipping and they're, and they're having this big discussion as the people are worshipping there's this big discussion going on and I'm like here and I am in my normal clothes. I'm just like my normal self. I've not been glorified to go there, but I'm in my body. I'm not, it's not a vision. I got taken out of my body, put there. And I'm there and I'm looking at all this and I'm freaking out. What the heck am I doing here? And I'm pacing up and down this platform. What the heck am I doing here? What the heck am I doing here? What do I do? Why aren't I dressed right? You know, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I'm not clean enough. I'm not holy enough. I haven't been made right yet, God. I haven't been made perfect. I shouldn't be in this place. And then there was this meeting going on here like this. And then I heard the voice of the Lord say, you have entered into the council of the Lord. What the heck is the council of the Lord? They were having a council meeting. They were talking about the affairs of earth and the unsaved on earth and how they were going to do things on earth. And they had let me come into their council meeting. And I said, Lord, what is this? And he just said this to me in a really strong voice. Jeremiah 23, 18 and 22. I was back in my body. So I went quickly to the Bible and I opened up the Bible. What does the scripture say? Jeremiah 23, 18 and 22. And it says this. But which of them has stood in the counsel of the Lord to see, to hear his word? Who has listened and heard his word? Verse 22. But if they had stood in my counsel, please put that CD on again. If they had stood in my counsel, 
they would have proclaimed my words to my people and would have turned them from their evil ways and their evil deeds. We are responsible, those of us who know the truth. We are responsible to get with God in the counsel of God and hear his words so that we can be here amongst people and we can speak the words that will turn their lives to eternal salvation. It's our responsibility. It's ours and we need to own it. Amen. He says, and they were, if they would turn and I would heal them. Let's stand to our feet. Just, can you just put that song on for me, Louise? And I'm just going to ask everybody to just fill the altar right now. Just come stand on the altar. We're just going to listen to this song and we're going to ask through this song the Lord to open our eyes, to open our ears, to touch our hearts and to bring us into understanding. Let's use this as a prayer. Amen. Just for a couple of minutes here. And I might just walk around and just lay hands on a few people, but that's just so I can just get eyes and ears open. Just while we're standing here right now, is there anyone who does not know Jesus as their Lord and Saviour? Right now, I'm calling you to salvation. You've heard me speak. There is a hell. There is a heaven. There is a need for you to know about salvation tonight. And all you have to do is speak the name of Jesus Christ and you will be saved. There's no brownie points. There's no, nothing you have to do to earn salvation. All you need to do is pray with me and believe in Jesus Christ and confess it with your mouth and you will be saved.